You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature with Nicole Lowe. It's time for the car feature. 011-883-0702. And the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Nicole Lowe is with us and he's got, uh, he'll be taking all of your technical questions that when it comes to your vehicle. So get in line quickly because we don't always have time to get through everybody who's got a question that they need addressed and taken care of. 011-883-0702. And the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Nicolo, it's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Rebecca, and how are you? I am fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So let's get started. There's this thing I was talking to Clement Magnatella that we do back in the day, and maybe it's because it was a skorokoro where you'd, you know, start the car early, get it warmed up. Let's have a chat about that. Yes. So the question is, should you warm up your engine by letting it idle before you actually drive away? Do you do that, Rebel Not in my current car, but I used to have a City Golf 1.3. It was my first car. And sometimes in winter, I would need to leave it for a good 10 minutes just just for that extra something when it, it powers off. <laughs> <laughs> So at least we're getting to summertime, especially in Gauteng. Here in Cape Town, it's still cold. But uh, it's a bit of a naughty habit, I think, to let your car idle, especially with the current fuel prices and so on, uh, to get the cabin warm before you drive. But let's just talk about if it's a good idea. We know the engine is actually at its happiest when it's at operating temperature. Operating temperature, coolant temperature is around 90 degrees Celsius. The reason why it's at its happiest is because all the tolerances in the engine are designed to be optimal at the operating temperature. So remember that the metal expands with temperature. So when the engine heats up, all the tolerances get uh, to the optimal uh, tolerance and the performance of the engine is then the best, the lubrication, all those kind of things. But how do you get it warm? Now, the idle condition is not a great condition to warm up the engine. Remember idle speed is very low there's very little load on the engine and it's also very little fuel going in so it doesn't matter if it's petrol or diesel there's very little fuel going in it will take a very long time for that engine to actually then heat up um, a better way of doing it is just simply start the engine and start driving but keep the speed engine speed low and get, keep the engine load low as well that's the quickest and most efficient way to actually warm up the engine to that 90 degrees. That will also help to get the temperature if you're in winter time to get the, the, the air uh, temperature coming in uh, through your heater system uh, at the right uh, increased temperature the, the quickest. Also remember, at that idle condition, the manufacturers, when it's ice cold, uh, they want your engine to idle smoothly. So they would overfuel slightly. So going on the reach side, for especially when it's a petrol engine, if it's overfueling, what it will also do is some of that fuel gets in contact with the cylinder balls and it will wash away that little film of oil that uh, is there for lubrication purposes. So then you get more wear on the engine during that idle condition. So again, not a great idea to let your vehicle stand there and idle for minutes on end before you drive off. So 
if you're one of those people that warm up the engine by idling, not a good idea. Rather just get in and start driving in a normal fashion, not high revs and not high loads. So just then, um, what about the part of the starting of the car? Do some cars struggle because, let's say, it's winter, hence that belief that I, w- I probably won't be able to pull off um, if I don't leave it to just do its thing when it's on? Yeah, so, uh, well, if, if it's an old vehicle and uh, it's not serviced, not looked after, um, then you might have problems, but then then probably wouldn't start in the first place. So once it's started, uh, some of the older cars, especially the carburetor cars, they uh, will actually drive better when the engine is up to temperature. But again, just drive it. That will get it up to temperature sooner than just letting it sit there and idle. So yes. still, I'm, I'm still sticking to my point, especially with the modern vehicles, definitely not needed. Yes, yes. And I think maybe my reason or motivation for having done that before was also in winter, not so much the car getting home, but uh, warm, but wanting the heater and the car to be warm inside by the time you have to run from the house into the car. But I completely hear you and understand. So Nicolo is with us. O double one double eight three oh seven oh two in the WhatsApp line. O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. What are all of your technical car questions? He is here to answer you. 702. The car feature with Nicole Lowe. 17 minutes to 3 o'clock. Nicole Lowe is with us and he'll be taking all of your technical car questions and assisting you there. Give us a call 011 8830702 and the WhatsApp line 0727021702. We've got our very first caller, Bonzo in Krugersdorp. Hi, Bonzo. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you for the great show. Mm, go um, ahead. I own a BMW X4 purchased in 2016 and from the very beginning I've, I've taken it in at the same dealership that I bought it in that uh, I'm experiencing problems in the morning or it's really not even in the morning. Anytime it decides that it does that, um, it gives a sort of a knock when I put it into gear. It's an automatic. Um, I also experienced, if I have to put in the second question, I'm also experiencing... Um, a starter problem. Uh, it went in for change in 2019, 2020. Um, I'm still experiencing the same thing. So I don't know whether I should take it to the same dealership or change my dealership just to confirm if they put in the correct thing. Uh, with the gear, I've given up hope to say I'll be stuck with it for the entire ownership of the vehicle. Is there something it's like I'm imagining some of these problems when I take the, the vehicle in for the dealership? What can I do? Okay, so it's a BMW X4 with a problem when you put it in gear, you get a knocking noise, and also you say there's a starting problem. So the vehicle is now out of warranty, I believe, and out of yes, mode yes. play. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, yeah, so, so the problem okay, so is obviously... Yes, so if the vehicle was still under warranty and motor plan, that is obviously the time you have to really push for a solution at the dealership because if you're outside warranty and motor plan, it's going to cost a lot of money. That's the problem. Um, So if the dealership couldn't resolve resolve it, um, unfortunately now, as I say, you're out of warranty, out of uh, motor plan, it'd be difficult to argue your case in the future. I'm I'm not a a lawyer or a, a law expert, um, mm-hmm. So you can maybe ask if that's possible, but my advice to you would be take it for a second opinion and don't take it to the dealership for a second opinion. You've been to the dealership, take it to a BMW specialist dealer. So there's mm-hmm. quite a few. I don't know which area you base, but uh, if you talk about talk to the BMW um, 
You can, there's a lot of uh, Facebook groups, or even if you've got colleagues or friends with BMWs, there's a lot yes, of yes. Uh, um, information out there regarding specialist dealers, which uh, do a great job in servicing the BMW out of motor plan, out of service plan. So it might be that uh, the gearbox problem um, should go to a gearbox specialist, but I would take it to uh, a specialist BMW dealer first for just their opinion, and then you can take it further. If it's a gearbox situation that goes clunk when it goes into gear, it might be the torque converter, it might be something else. And a gearbox specialist, again, will know better maybe than uh, the BMW main dealer because they would probably send it away as well if it's a, if it's a gearbox problem. So yeah, definitely go the second uh, opinion route and, and search for a, a BMW specialist dealer nearby that can give you that opinion. Thank you so much, Bonzo. In Kruger's Dorp, let's go to Chris in Pretoria. Hi, Chris. I speaking to Chris. I also have a question for, for, for your guest. I had him talking about uh, letting the car idle in the morning not being a good idea. Yes. I drive a diesel bus. Uh, what happens if I drive, if I just start and start driving, even if I don't go at high speed? It gives a rattling sound in the engine once the rev count goes beyond 1.5, and uh, it will even show you, you know, that sign of a spanner. On the on the on the instrument cluster to show that there's some damage that's being that's happening there, and the only remedy that I'm using is to sit idle five to ten minutes and then I drive off, no problem. So I want to know what actually is the best because for me, what he's recommending seems to be giving me a warning sign that says no, 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 you're causing some damage here. Yeah, so you mentioned you've got a diesel bucky, is that correct? Yes, it's a Ford Ranger. That, uh, which which vehicle are we talking about? And how, well, how many miles? Uh, what's the mileage of the vehicle? What model year is it? Uh, it's, a, it's a 2017 model. It's around 80,000 kilometers right now. But it was like that even from when it was still new. I, I know that I just had to let it idle for about five minutes, more, especially if it was in the morning. If let it idle yeah. a bit, and then uh, only then can I drive off. Yeah, so it shouldn't be the case that uh, if you drive off immediately at low speed and low loads that you should get a, a spanner on the instrument cluster. Uh, remember, either that spanner or the little sign, that, the orange sign that looks like a little engine, tells you that the diagnostic system of the engine has picked up something that is faulty. Um, and only know, you will only know what if they plug in the diagnostic tool, either at the dealership or a specialist dealer, they all have the electronics now to be able to diagnose through the diagnostic port what is wrong. So that spanner won't illuminate if there isn't something wrong anyway. So I would I would highly recommend to first find out why that spanner is illuminating. A diagnostic tool that you plug in will tell you uh, with a fault code which component is faulty because it might be that there's, there's been always been something wrong there, but by idling and getting out up to temperature, maybe that's a way to sort of get around the problem. But it's still there, so there, there shouldn't there shouldn't be a need to idle for five minutes before you drive off in any vehicle. So I would first uh, see if you can find out what is the cause of that, fix it, and you'll see you don't have to wait five minutes every morning. You can just drive off. Thank you so much, uh, Chris, for that question. And somebody actually, uh, Nickel, has a follow-up question, and they are saying with regards to the idling, uh, uh, this is from Charles in Johannesburg, who says, would the same thing be true to letting your car idle to cool down before turning the ignition off, or is it pointless? 
so with the a, a first turbo engines that came uh, out, when the turbo technology was still uh, new, um, it was actually stated even by the manufacturers that it's a good idea that if you, had, if you were on like a hard drive or your high loads, high speeds with a turbo engine, petrol or diesel, that once you get to uh, your end destination, when you stop, let it idle for some time before switching off. The reason for that was that the turbo um, actually gets to a very high temperature and the impeller can spin up to 200,000 RPMs. Um, and if you switch off the engine immediately with the old generation vehicles, then it's possible that obviously you also stop the, the oil flow to that turbo, that you can have turbo damage when you switch the engine off uh, after a long drive and it's hot and you've been uh, driving, as I say, with high loads. The, the good uh, news is that with modern engine technology, that is also not needed anymore. The turbo design, the lubrication system, all of that is designed now that you can actually switch off uh, a hot engine as such without causing any damage. So with a modern vehicle, definitely it's not needed anymore. With the older generation, first generation turbo vehicles, it might be not a bad idea. All right, let's take a look at some of your WhatsApp voice notes. Hi, this is Gutomi from Alberton. I have a question for Nicole. So my dad has this thing there. He shakes the car, like shoves it. You know when he's pouring petrol, you'll find he's shaking the car. I don't know for what reason. He drives a Nissan Navara, and he, he did that even with his Corsa Baki before. Please explain to me the benefit to what he's doing, because honestly, I feel he's ruining the car. Thank you. I've actually seen people doing that shaking of the car thing. I've seen petrol attendants shake the car, but I don't know if it's because they're checking oil. Nickel, is that is there actually something to it? Yeah, what they're trying to do is get more fuel into the car. Mm. So remember, the, the tank is designed that it's a little air bubble on top as well. Mm. Um, so you can't fill the tank to complete full because if it's completely full and it expands maybe the car stands in the sun or so then all the fuel will just pour out um, also if you're in an accident uh, if the tank is completely full it will rupture when it's uh, in an accident or the chances are better that it will rupture if there's a little bit of an air bubble uh, on top of the fuel in the tank it sort of gives it uh, absorption qualities for example in an accident and so on but i've seen a lot of taxis will do it a lot of people that go long distance that will want to get that extra liter or two in the tank they will shake it because that will obviously get rid of the air bubble on top of the tank and allow you to actually add a bit more fuel um, some of the tanks has got a little where you put the nozzle in there's a little valve that you can actually activate with the nozzle it's designed to sort of bleed off the air bubble mm. and allow you to get more fuel in if you're on a long run and for example you know you're going to be on the on the long road and you need the extra liter or two so that's why you'll shake the car but i think with the, today's fuel prices there won't be any shaking because you can't afford it Ish, nickel Nice of you to remind us how dire our situations are. Here's another voice note. Good morning, Ribochili. Having you from Randburg. Ribochili, I hear that apparently it's not a good idea to idle your car. With my Mercedes C200 compressor, I need to idle it for at least five minutes to let the temperature go up to around 40 degrees. Otherwise, my car jerks while I'm accelerating, even if I'm driving 20 kilometers or 10 kilometers an hour. As soon as that temperature reaches 40 degrees, then my car is fine and I can leave it. But every morning I idle my car before I drive. Oh, Nickel, thoughts about that one? 
Yeah, I'm sure when the car was new, it wasn't needed. Um, so obviously, it's probably a high-mileage vehicle, and the engine uh, only operates well when it's at operational temperature. Um, so it's a way to get around it, but the idle condition is never the most efficient way of heating up the engine. Mm-hmm. It will take a long time because there's so little energy, so little heat going in. But I mean, I can't stop anybody from doing it. Um, just from a technical point of view, it's not the greatest way of, of heating up an engine. But if it's a way for you to get around a problem in an old vehicle with high mileage, maybe do it. But as I say, there's consequences like uh, um, your engine wear will be more. Um, it wastes a lot of fuel. It takes a very long time to heat up. Mm. All right, another voice note. Yeah, I've got a question for the car expert. Uh, basically, on a cold engine, I'd like to know if there is more engine noise um, not necessarily because of an engine fault, but just because, again, on a very cold morning, maybe, um, on the start, there could be a little bit of a, a sound. And it, to me, it seems like those little noises disappear as the engine gets hot. So if that can be confirmed. Mm. So I think the main reason why a cold engine might be more clattery is more to do with the lubrication system. Because remember, when you park that vehicle overnight, oil the, all the oil drains down to the to the sump of the engine. And when you start it up now, I mean, you've got sometimes you've got hydraulic lifters on the valves and so on, and it needs to build oil pressure before the oil gets to all the places uh, at the right temperature. The older the engine, the more. There's obviously where the longer it takes to bolt the oil pressure through all the oil galleries. So during startup, there might be a little bit of a clattery noise, like for the first uh, second or two, and then when the when the lubrication system gets up to uh, pressure, it should all go away again. As I mentioned before, um, a cold engine will have uh, different tolerances to a, a, a engine at operating temperature. It will tell tolerances will be more loose, let's say, at at cold. But I don't think that will really result in, in much difference to the noise it makes or the sound you hear from the engine. I would say it's more to do with a lubrication system. Then we've got a person who says, lately my car produce, produces black smoke and cuts while in motion. It's a Polo BAH engine 1.6 model 2008 trend line. Change the plugs, air filter, coil, sparks, plugs, cables, but still the same thing. Yeah, okay. Um, when it comes to black smoke, smoke, uh, it almost sounds like it's overfueling. Um, I would definitely take it for a diagnostic check. Uh, there's obviously uh, uh, what we call an O2 or a lambda sensor in the exhaust, and it measures the exhaust composition of the gases to make sure that the air-fuel ratio is correct. If that sensor is not doing its trick, then it might be overfueling quite a bit. If it's overfueling, it will foul the plugs. It will eventually lead to the engine shutting down if the plugs are completely fouled. Um, black smoke, if it's got a blue tint to it, it might point that the engine is burning oil. You also smell the oil from the exhaust um, if, it's, if it's an oil-burning uh, problem. And then, obviously, when it's a high-mileage vehicle, Maybe the rings aren't sealing well. Maybe the valve stem seals need replacing. That you can check with a compression test. Uh, if you do a compression test, take the um, spark plugs out, and they will uh, put a compression tester in each bore and spin the engine and measure the compression to see if it's still within the tolerance band expected of that engine. 
But yeah, I would definitely take it to a, for a diagnostic check. And it, I'm guessing it might be that uh, O2 or Lambda sensor and exhaust that's playing up in that vehicle. All right. Unfortunately, that's all the time we had with Nickel to help us get through all of these different questions. But I think many people, Nickel, including myself and our educated, we don't need to leave our cars idling. If you want it to heat up, it is quicker and saves you more petrol to just straight up drive it. Nickel Low on our car feature.